So I'm um, less than two weeks away from leaving the shores of the UK to um, land in Singapore. And David and I recently have been talking a lot about my loneliness. Potential loneliness. Potential. And what I mean by that, or what David means by that, is that I could well be in a square with hundreds, if not thousands, of people surrounding me somewhere in Thailand. And yet, internally, I'm very much on my own. Um, and this is something that David's been concerned of since I told him of my dreams of travelling the world indefinitely. So I just wondered if you wanted to fill the audience in a little bit about what you're concerned about. Well, it's human nature for us to basically interact with other people. And although you're going to be in a scenario where, as you say, you're surrounded by people, uh, you could be very much on your own in a crowded place. And at your core, you could argue it's your soul, but at your core, uh, things that we connect to on a daily life that we take for granted uh, and we've built up over time are just no longer available. And it could be something as innocuous as when you walk into your office in the morning, the doorman on your uh, office desk uh, that you interact with. It could be uh, your corner shop um, uh, owner who you buy your newspaper from or whatever else. And, and then we're getting onto an intimate level of basically you know, sort of you know, very people who are very close to you, family members, loved ones. Uh, and all these people that are naturally there and you see on a regular basis and you connect to on a regular basis, suddenly you know, thousands of miles away. And in your case, they're going to be eight hours an eight-hour time zone away. So, you know, when you're basically, uh, you know, um, going to uh, uh, want to get up and play at sort of six, seven o'clock in the morning, we're all heading to bed at sort of 10, 11 o'clock. So the availability for people is also key. So you want to basically excited about the day as you want to, you know, start talking about what you're going to do that day. And we're all basically yawning going, yeah, great, really good. Uh, can we talk about this tomorrow? But tomorrow for us is four o'clock in the afternoon, your time, mm. five o'clock. So, there's a whole series of things where you could feel um, busy, lonely. <laughs> yes, I can. I, I, I have been thinking about it quite a lot since you first said it, because I will be completely honest with you. When I first decided that I wanted to become a digital nomad and travel around the world, I felt as though I would never feel lonely. I guess I just didn't think specifically enough about the depth of commu- like connection that I might have with people that I meet. But on that, do you, in your opinion, do you believe that I'm. Do you think that the sort of the the connection that I will get with some of the people that I meet in these co-working spaces will give me an element of that? I suspect so. The reason being is you all theoretically should have the same in common. You're all isolated, trying to belong to something. But your belongingness is almost like a roll, a rolling sort of or a roving sort of mass. So you're going to basically meet people in uh, X uh, location. You might be around them for two and three weeks. You're not exactly holiday makers. Uh, you're actually sitting there working. So you're going to be exchanging real-life worries or real-life thoughts or real-life opportunities, excitement. So there is that connection that's going to build. But it's like a lot of things. And I experience, this is going to sound, again, a bit weird, but I experienced this in my formative life in the, uh, when I was in the services. Uh, I was on submarines. And, and you could be around people. <laughs> For an incredible periods of time, six, seven, eight weeks disappearing to sea and, and down in, in, in submarines. And then you could come back and, uh, you know, you have literally nothing to do with them. Or B, you then move somewhere else quickly uh, onto another platform or onto another base or whatever else. And so you constantly are on the move and friendships you build up or uh, relationships you build up become remote and gone again. So you tend to basically not connect with people at a... A serious level you tend to keep it all fairly superficial and in doing so you tend to miss that kind of 
I don't know, that connection that you get from well, the people. deeper connection yeah, with people. Exactly. You, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I completely agree with you now and it's something that I have been thinking about a lot, really. I don't know whether I'm ever so slightly worrying myself about it actually now. <laughs> but maybe that's not such a bad thing. Do you have any tips or how how are you going to make sure that I'm okay during the time that I'm away then. Okay, so one of my uh, key um, uh, interests in what Joe's doing is to obviously work with Joe, you know, uh, on a personal level. Um, we're building a, a friendship, but equally as much I'm mindfully aware of his internal wellness, his well-being um, for, on a, you know, a, a mental health basis. So Joe and I have looked through a number of psychometrics and... Uh, what we're keen to do is to particularly track his uh, stress levels, his anxiety levels, and his levels of melancholy, depression, for example, pretty much on a continual basis. And we're going to be feeding uh, a psychometric to him, um, and he's going to complete that. We are kind of indicating pretty much every week now, at the very least, maybe more. And so we're going to be able to graph and see, uh, not just from a, an objective basis, but also backing that up with an empirical um, psychometric um, that's widely used to see where people are on those three levels. So actually, Joe did his first one today, and you know, guess what? His levels of depression are zero. His levels of anxiety are zero, but he's just a little bit mildly stressy at the present moment. Time I have no idea why he should do with 13 days left to leave the United Kingdom, and he's putting his life upside down. But maybe it has something to do with it. Could be. 13 just days left. Not even finished my vaccinations yet. Not even bought a bag for travelling yet. Really? No. But everything else I've done. What's wrong with the Tesco uh, Tesco <laughs> trolley? You know, just take it to the airport. I could just get one out of the canal. Stick that one. Exactly. Stick it in the overhead locker. You'll be yeah. way to go, guy. So, yes. Yeah, so I have just done the DAS. Yeah. It's DAS. called the DAS21. DAS21. Um, and it's more than happy for that to be... For you to communicate my results. Well, that's going to be down to Joe. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not looking uh, to uh, therapise Joe, and I'm looking to support him and coach him through this. So whatever Joe's going to do and whatever Joe wants to release is entirely a matter for him. Well, for me, I, I scored a, a low score in general. but I, um, No, you scored zero for yeah. depression and zero uh, for anxiety. Just a little bit stressy, yeah. which you can kind of understand. Which has definitely led to me struggling to get to sleep recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got these things going through your mind. Yeah. Uh, and you're at a pivotal point in your life because, let's face it, Joe, you've walked away from something that you've committed to for four and five years in basically building, uh, helping to build a very successful uh, business. And change uh, is, and adjusting to change is going to become monumental for you because now suddenly uh, you, where you did belong but you may have felt trapped, now you don't belong and you're free and it's mm. all these new boundaries. Well, you've yet to find out where those boundaries are. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, going to no be balance. a very no. There, there really aren't. That's probably point. one of the, so. Um, so you've been talking a lot about structure and how that's going to help me when I set off on this journey with um, as as a digital nomad. One thing that I've been doing, which I didn't do when I left the business at all, was create a calendar, a brand new calendar. Because when I was in the business, we used to have a calendar that all of the team members used, even Tim and myself, and everyone could see everyone's tasks and that kind of held everyone accountable. Although, albeit, you know, probably the people that work at Native right now are laughing because I never really used to stick to them because it's just not the way that I am. I've realised since, at 27, I don't know why it's taken me so long, 
that really my life needs to revolve around some form of calendar to hold me accountable to the things I know I need to get done. So over the last seven days, I've actually created a calendar in Google, just a simple yeah, one, and right. I've, but I've done it Very in easy. a way that's not... So when we were working in the business, it used to be like, you've got eight things that you need to get done for different clients and stuff like that. And it was very, very specific. That doesn't work for me. It it just doesn't. So I've put in blocks of time each day where I work on, you know, three hours of pilot fish. It's up to me to decide what I do on pilot fish. But if I'm putting in three hours of time building pilot fish and working on the glass box podcast, that's going to be effective and and it's going to be efficient. More importantly, it's going to be effective time that I'm spending. So I've already noticed and I only created the calendar because it was in the back of my head from what you've been saying to me. But I've noticed that setting up that calendar seven days ago has completely changed um, the way that I... It, it's not necessarily what I'm doing. It's the way I feel about what I'm doing that's made the biggest difference. Yeah, I think going on uh, what you're doing, there's going to be a, a period of time where you might want to essentially be on vacation. However, there is a time when we need to start basically focusing on the structure of uh, using time as efficiently as possible and content and content within that time so we can rely on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, let's say Friday, work. Uh, and you're working across time zones. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with pilot fish because, again, we don't know. But you might start working with somebody on uh, the east coast of America. And when you actually sit down and think about that, that's, you know, 12 hours uh, ahead and or we might be working in Australia which is only you know an hour or so if that down the road depending where in Australia so time zones and your own biological clock your your clock not biological that's a fucking weird thing to say <laughs> edit that out yeah. your own clock internal clock is really what we have to adjust around to because you know you and me communicating well I don't really expect to talk to you until around about four or five in the afternoon but you're going to be closing your day down, maybe, at around that time when I'm opening mine. So, um, you know, our abilities to cross over and get things done in a certain way and orchestrate meetings uh, and orchestrate uh, appointments is going to become incredibly difficult. The so, podcast. And therefore, the uh, point around the calendar has becomes uh, fundamental. It sounds silly because it's such an obvious thing, but I've... I just didn't do it. From the day that I left the business, I was just running around on this kind of like free flowing thing. And I, and I thought, you know, this is great, but it was actually, that's probably what was causing me stress and why I sc- <laughs> scored an element of stress on the DAS 21. Yeah. Well, incredibly, it's a bit corporate what we're going to be doing because, you know, having a diary and having people invite you to certain things or join you in certain things and filling your calendar filling your diary and you'd be surprised uh, you might want to give certain people access to your diary um, external to you know, because of what pilot fish does so that they can book a time to talk to you and but in the end that structure of meeting and talking and it's going to become time bounded joe and i suspect as time goes on because of the level of interest people in the glass box looking outside want to communicate with you their ideas and their thoughts I think, I just believe what's going to happen is it's going to take you in so many different directions. We can't even predict, but structure around it is going to become vital. Yeah. And that's the way that you, so in, in terms Time's of everything, if you can structure. give like one piece of advice to the audience listening about how to deal with loneliness, what would that be? Well, the argument really in the end is using 
people around you, the outside of your present day, uh, in your present day life, me, um, your father, your, your mother, your, uh, Laura, um, all these people in your private life, even your ex-colleagues, whatever else, where you factor in to talk to them X, Y, Z times a day or a week or whatever else, um, and, and you make it... You know, the cost of communicating these days is nothing. And so it could be, for example, Laura's on the way into work in the morning. And it could be, or into into study in the morning. And it could be that you're on the beach and you're just going to, while she's in, talking hands-free on, on a car, as long as there's nothing that's going to bring her into conflict with anything, you could be basically having a daily chat with her on the way into work. You know, it could be 4 o'clock in the afternoon, your time. It could be basically 8 o'clock in, in the morning hers. But getting that familiarity of an early morning conversation, a, a, a late evening conversation with somebody who, who means that you're connected to, family or whatever else, I think. But then during the day, you go into work mode and you start actually, just as if you were sitting in an office in Manchester. You might be on a beach in, in Bali somewhere, but you're sitting in an office in Manchester, but you're still working. You're still... You're not in the box, but you're still actually working to the confines or the structures of, of certain things in the box. So my good friend Jacob, he's the guy from New Zealand, he met his girlfriend Carolina when they were travelling in Thailand. And she's from Lisbon and he's from Christchurch. <laughs> so it's around, you know, almost as far as you can get apart on the For planet. Sure. Um, and they've coped with that of a relationship over, over 18 months, I think now. Where, with with, with communication, good. very see, well, I've watched him. Very structured com- communication, it seems. That's exactly yeah. very structured, reliable uh, conversations that don't basically. We're not going to speak for another week, or you lose that connection, you lose that contact, and then when you do, you start slipping out of people's memories, and that's when it starts becoming um, you know breaks start coming in, and it becomes unreliable. So structure running to a working structure, running to a contact structure, which is reasonably regular, is actually very important. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. And of course, avoid, uh, I know it sounds ridiculous, but avoid too much hooch. Uh, avoid, avoid, in my opinion, uh, you know, certain activities with regards to street drugs. And avoid, uh, um, your know, sleep patterns are going to become another issue for you as you're moving through this time zone and adjusting to sleeping and working in that time zone across different time zones. Yeah. Yeah, that is, well, again, over the course of the next few months, we'll monitor my progress and see how I Closely. end up. So the other thing that I want to talk about very quickly before the end of the episode is that um, I had my travel vaccinations last week. The, the first phase, I've got one more tomorrow, which is the Japanese encephalitis. That has made me, I believe it was that one, whatever it was, made me feel so unbelievably ill. Really? Yeah, some people apparently it doesn't affect at all. Others it can be mild, but with How'd you me, go down? What was the symptoms? Yeah, I just felt like I, I felt like I had five percent flu. Okay. You know, you know, it wasn't. It was okay. man flu. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. But my arm, I could, so you were close I to could death. barely move my arm. I was close to death. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> we um, it you know I could barely move my arms. Because really? I, I basically I go in the gym almost every single day and row. That's just I How love it. I love Joe. How long? 25 minutes normally? Okay, Maybe so a bit doing longer. A, a sort of good steady 300 calorie burn on some Oh, more. Yeah. Um, how many? Probably four, nearly 400. Are you tracking how much you're eating uh, these days, by the way? I know calories is one way of tracking, but are you tracking how much you're eating? No. So what do you think is likely to be the, uh, the input you're making? And what are you taking on board per day in relation to how much you're burning? What do you think? I think I'm probably burning more calories than I'm eating at the moment. Yeah, so you know, that's why I've definitely I've lost a an bit incredible of weight, weight loss. Weight, yeah. you have. And you must have dumped 
pretty much a stone in the last month. I reckon so. And I'm hoping that hasn't got anything to do with anything else. Mm. Uh, but it, uh, is that, was that intentional? Yeah, I wanted to lose weight. Okay. You know, I felt, I, I didn't feel hugely comfortable in myself before. And I feel much better now. I, I, it wasn't, I, I hate saying that because there are so many people that struggle with their feelings about themselves. And I've never been that kind of person. But there were definitely feelings in the back of my head. Like I saw a photograph of myself, I thought, well, I look a bit fat there. And um, but I wouldn't say that now. Like I feel like I've almost scarily quickly lost weight. So what are you going to do to make sure when make you sure. get to the point where you stop, where you want to be, or are you going to continue to slide? What are you Try doing? and work out what I'm doing, what I'm eating on a weekly basis, and how much yeah, I'm we exercising. Need to track that. Yeah, um, I think maybe a food diary mm. might give you some kind of awareness as to I where eat you're at. Very healthy food, but not pretty much no carbs anyway. Okay. Um, just well, lots and lots of salad and vegetables and fish and not barely any meat at all. Well, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Uh, mm. When you say barely any meat, uh, we get B12. Uh, oh, I'll take which we, B12. You, so I'll take a um, supplement. supplement tablets, yeah. Okay. Well, in the end, um, we need to basically make sure that your diet is balanced. To make sure, you know, so It'll be interesting when I get out there to yes. Southeast Asia. It might go the other way. I might end up putting more weight back on because all the food... I mean, I was literally looking at... Um, there's this website called nomadlist.com yeah. uh, and they just rebuilt it and it's amazing, actually. It tells you everything that you could ever need to know about being a digital nomad, including cost of living in all of these cities around really? the world. Yeah, Excellent. And in Chiang Mai, which is the last stop on my tour, the first tour, is a, a very good quality meal, apparently, in Chiang Mai costs around $1.00. I've got uh, a friend out there, actually, funny you mentioned. They're, they're big into cricket out in that neck of the woods. Oh, the really? Six so am I. Perfect. Then. Oh, really? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll introduce you to Yeah. I'll hunt him down and basically... Uh, I haven't spoken to him in a while. But... Brilliant. Cool. Well, again, thank you very much for listening. And that was um, a very interesting episode. It was indeed. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye.